You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Being on the Auxiliary Gate Podcast is a little bit like the Hotel California. You can check out the time you like, but you can never leave. The Auxiliary Gate, big problem. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 149 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. Some people may refer to it as the AG. Maybe we get some t-shirts made up for something like that. I'm joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, our friend, Brandon Jaggers, uh, he left me a note this morning. He's going to be gone this weekend, going to be partying with some guy named Hunter Biden. I, I don't know him. Do you know him? I've heard of the name. The name rings a bell. I don't know, but I mean, I don't even know if Hunter can hang with Brandon, to be honest with you. I mean, Brandon, Brandon tear it up on him. Uh, Brandon told me he was going to the thrift store to buy a scale. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand all this. Oh my I, I don't. Oh it's, wow. Yeah. I don't <laughs> he, he start starting the weekend early. That's all I know. You know Brandon's got a little money. He has, he's got to blow it somewhere and stuff. Right. But, uh, we hope, hope he has a fun. Hope he has a blast. Right. Blow being the key word there. I didn't mean that. It was a double entendre. I meant nothing by that. Okay, that was okay. Just... <laughs> anyway. Well, in his stead, we've invited somebody new to come on, and we're just going to go on and introduce, introduce him right now. We're just going to uh, uh, skip over the uh, useless banner portion of the podcast, and we're going to bring on the bearded handicapper himself. That would be Jeff Riggs. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. How's everybody doing tonight? Wonderful, wonderful. Glad glad you're joining us, Jeff. Now, Jeff, uh, he's uh, got a little bit more class than some of the rest of the Jeffs in the world. He spells his name G-E-O-F-F. Lottie Dog. Uh, it, yeah, I, it took me about two days to figure out how to pronounce that. I was thought, I was thinking it was like G-Off, maybe, or something like that. But it like turns Jeff, out I was... Like Jeff Mulcahy. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Mulcahy, Jeff Bodine. Yes. Jeff from uh, Fresh Prince of Del- Bel Air, or is yep. it Joffrey? That's, well, that's, as long as it's not Joffrey, but I have been called worse things before, so y'all are doing well so far. Joffrey is the uh, dickhead uh, yeah, boy the king Thrones, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't want to be called Joffrey. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to start that up. But, uh, He's a bastard. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's from Louisville, is that correct? Yes, sir. Born You're a young guy. So. Young guy, but uh, uh, has already been bitten by the racing bug like many of us have. What, what, what age... Uh, did, did you finally decide you're going to be a racing? I'm going to say negative one day old. And I have <laughs> wow. a, a specific reason for that. My parents host a derby party every year. And I was born the day after the 1990 Kentucky Derby. And my mom hosted a party, derby party, the day before I was born. Nine months wow. Before. Okay. That was, that was a year of unbridled. So, yeah, you, Correct. That, was a, that, was a, that was a good derby to be born to, right? Yep, exactly. exactly. And I, I had unbridled that year. I had yeah. unbridled. That's a, that's a good year to be born. And that was nice of you to wait to come out to let her get that stuff over with. That was very considerate on your part, Jeff. That's right. I might not have been able to wait if they had uh, Derby on the same date every year, but being first Saturday in May, I get it on my birthday once every few years. CC, that works out pretty well for him, doesn't it? Yeah, good deal. So uh, you're, how often do you go to the track? 
Uh, as often as I can, really. It's nice living so close. Um, I started going regularly in high school. Uh, I went to college at WKU in Bowling Green. So, um, you know, it's close but far. It's one of those things where I wanted to get a little bit away but still be close enough I could come back on the weekends. So um, I did a little less in college, but then when I moved back afterward, um, I get out there quite a bit. Cool, cool. So, uh, uh, what kind of handicap are you? What, uh, what are you good at? Uh, definitely pace and trip notes are my specialties. So, good. yeah, um, it's been pretty obvious here. I know we're going to talk about Ellis Park today. I know, uh, speed bias, speed has been king at Ellis. So, uh, mm-hmm. that's something I've really, really been paying attention to all meet since Churchill's moved there. And then, so you- um, I have, I have quite a, uh, trip note database. And um, I share some information with other people who are like-minded as well and um, just do as much as I can there, digging into replays, watching replays, uh, playing horses back when they come back. It's a, it's a labor of love, but it's rewarding. Okay. So explain your, uh, your trip note database. What, what, do you, what software do you use for that? Um, I use both Equibase and DRF. Uh, the uh-huh. virtual stable strip notes and right. uh, go, you know, positive, negatives, um, specific notes, specific things that, you know, to look for next time. If a horse looks like maybe they need blinkers or they need to stretch out or something along those lines. What type of wagers do you play? Um, I used to do a lot of multi-race bets. I've tried to hone in on win bets recently, more recently. Um, just because I feel like I don't bleed as much money that way. Mm. Um, I'm still working through systems on how to make those pick fives, pick six bets as efficient as possible. And I'm not saying I don't play them because they're some of my favorite wagers to play. Um, I think they're, they're great, but, um, I'm definitely most efficient at win bets. So that's where the majority of my handle comes from these days. Any special wagers that you've made over the years that have stood out? Um, what well, was recent in my mind is I um, I hit pick six at Ellis last week for about twenty two hundred bucks, which was nice <laughs> on a thirty six dollar nice. ticket. Oh, so, sweet! You know, it's nothing huge, but it's you know those are ones that, as I said, you know I still play those multi race uh, wagers on occasion, and um, that is the only jackpot pick six wager. Well, that's the only jackpot wager I'll play in general. And I really only play it on days where I think it can really pay because even though um, it is a jackpot wager and it does have a higher takeout than other wagers, even though it's lower than the other jackpot wagers, um, on some days, if you can beat a couple of the favorites, it pays more than you think it would. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yes, without question. Which day of the week was that you hit that last week? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say it was last Wednesday. Okay. No, no, last Thursday. They last Thursday. They're not running on Wednesday. Yeah, I, think, Thursday. I think Gary McIntyre hit it that day too, right? Gary's solidified. Solidified for Joe Christopher. Oh, no, he hit it for more than me. Yeah, he he hit. Uh, yeah, he hit it for a, a bunch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a different day, perhaps. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So. Uh, where are you at on your handicapping journey? Are, are, do you think you, would you consider yourself an expert, or uh, you still learning, or, or is this? I mean, what where are you at in that process? 
I think if you're not still learning, then you're falling behind. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think I, I learn something every single day about handicapping horses, and I don't think I will ever think that I know it all. So, so that's where I am with it. I've been, I've been handicapping the majority of my life, over half of my life, I've been handicapping horse races, and um, I'm always looking to learn something new because there's always something else to learn in this game. What uh, what advice would you give the average horse player that maybe is struggling a little bit right now, or, or you know, what 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 to 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 the average horse player in general, what what that maybe is not a a serious professional gambler, but but a little bit more than a than a uh, casual a casual once a month, once a two week, or a once a once every three month player, something like that. What would you say to to the I average guy? To simplify things. You know, because uh, somebody at that point, they've been doing this for a while. They know the game. They know what to look for. Break things down to the, the most simple things. Look at how the pace is going to shake out in a race. Look at class. You know, the first things that you learn when you're handicapping the races. Look at those very simple things and then look for value in the wind pool. And because that's really what I, I did when I said I focused more on wind betting recently. Um, I just, I just wasn't winning money playing all exotic races. And I was like, I feel like I'm seeing these races better than I'm playing these races. So what is the issue here? So that's when I went back and focused more on win betting. And it's, it's really helped me out here recently, past couple of years doing that. I always look for overlays in the wind pool. Always. Right. That's, I couldn't agree more with you in there. Let me, let me, if I could ask you something real quick, Jeff, before we get started on this, uh, fantastic Stephen Foster card. Uh, we have five, I'm assuming, I think I know. I think you're a fairgrounds. I know you pay a little attention to the fairgrounds, but I'm sure yep. the Kentucky racing's what's in your heart, right? I'm I'm gonna guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kentucky has my heart for sure. Uh, so fairgrounds I, has kind of stolen my heart. Oh because really? Because I, I know um, Joe K, Joe Christofek, and Kevin Kilroy are both friends of the show. Yeah. And they are great guys. They are mm-hmm. they are two of my very good friends. And so with them doing the broadcast every day at fairgrounds, it really drew me to the fairgrounds racing. And yeah. Started handicapping every day there, and then this past year, this past March, I actually took my first trip to New Orleans and visited the fairgrounds. And I tell you what, if you guys haven't done that, you need to because just the experience there is incredible. The people are incredible; they're so welcoming. The food's amazing. The experience is amazing. Um, I can't wait to go back. Fairgrounds is uh, always a bit of a, a problem for me with my work schedule. As I've stated several times, I'm getting older. And retiring from <laughs> our current job is in is in the works, right? Uh, with, mm-hmm. So may have a little more time in the future. So that's that's on the that's on my agenda where it'll work out better in my schedule. Uh, sure. So I definitely want to get down there. That said, what I, one of the things I was curious about is like we have five Kentucky tracks, right? CC and mm-hmm. right thoroughbred tracks. Uh, rank before we get started. Once you rank them in order, uh, your favorite. And it could be for the what, what you think you're best at. What do you like the most? Just what if you had to rank your, the five. You're not gonna hurt anybody's feelings, so. <laughs> oh, well, I gotta put Churchill Downs number one. Just born and raised that. in Louisville, uh, you know, just the the aura there, the Kentucky Derby. It's it's just tough to beat. I think Ellis Park okay. would probably have to be number two. All right, I can see CC proposing to you already. <laughs> For different reasons, but um, it's just one of those places where you walk in and you feel like you're, you just almost walked back in time in a good way. Mm -hmm. 
it, it's just a, it's a special feeling there. It's close knit. You go to the grandstand and it's like you're at like a, like a fair, almost like a county fair. Agreed. Church picnic kind of thing. Yeah. Church picnic. That's a great way to explain it. It's just such a cool vibe there. Um, the pea patch in general is just a cool thing. Like you look at, you don't see that anywhere. Like soybeans in the infield, like nowhere else in the world. Preaching to the choir, brother. What else? <laughs> it's just a very, very cool place. Um, I'd probably have to put Turfway third. Uh, are you sucking up to us? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the only reason is I, I enjoy watching the Turfway races. I am not very good wagering on uh, Turfway. I really don't bet Turfway very much. I don't know if it's the synthetic what, but I just don't have any luck there. But I enjoy the racing. It's great racing. It's big fields. Um, it's just it's enjoyable to watch for me. And then the other two I've never been to, so those are four and five. Keeneland? You never been to Keeneland? Oh my gosh! Of course I've been to Keeneland. I don't know why oh. Keeneland slipped my mind. I guess because <laughs> I was thinking about Ellis first in my mind. Yes. Yes. Keeneland I've been to. So, oh man, do I put Keeneland above Turfway? I can understand yeah. if you do. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I love Keeneland too. All right, I'll put Keeneland above Turfway. I will. I'll put Keeneland above Turfway just because um, it's, you know, if you just want a day out, like, it's nice being at Keeneland. It's just right. a cool place to be. Um, I'm still I'm still sticking with Ellis at two, though. And then Kentucky Downs fifth? I, I have to go Kentucky Downs fifth at this point. I I, I feel like it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster with people yes. not just going out there with the, with the lawn chairs and everything. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's cool because it's unique. It's cool and, because it's unique. And I agree with you because it did lose some of its luster. I'm sure CC agreed with this. I'd have to put it fifth. I love the racing. Yes, but they've, I do they're too. not, they're yeah. catering too much to upper crust mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And being uh, going to school out in Bowling Green, you know, it was close out that way. So, you know, I was, I was familiar with it. I just I just never went out there. But it's, yeah, it, it's one of those things. It, it's cool because it's unique. But I think in the in the grand scheme of things, I'd still have to rank it fifth. I like your list. I completely understand why you why you put everything where you did. So, I say it's time to get rolling, don't you, CC? Uh, one last question: Where do you usually hang out at Churchill? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I can't believe we've never it, run into each other. It, you know? it's, it's everywhere an acceptable answer because I am on the move when I'm at Churchill. Same here. I don't get so, out there as much as I used to, though. But, yeah, I'm same here. I move around a lot. Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm bouncing. I, I love to be at the paddock when I can, when the horses are in in the paddock. Because that's one part when you're saying, like, you know, trying to learn more. I'm trying to learn more of the how to assess physically the horses before races because it's one of those things that i think really gives people an edge and in this day and age of everybody having access to every data point you ever imagine like that's one of the last frontiers i think along with really detailed trip notes where you can gain an edge in this game is Mm -hmm. the physical and so i'm doing my best to learn that but i'm i'm by by no means an expert in that at this point Okay. 
All right. What are we doing here? You want to you want to talk Ellis Park? I think he probably does, doesn't he? Okay, let's get it right. <laughs> well, lo and behold, as fate would have it, Ellis Park, the Pea Patch, and Henderson, Kentucky will host its first grade one race on Saturday, July 1st. The Stephen Foster Handicap. I don't, or excuse me, the state, Stephen Foster Stakes now. Mm-hmm. The, I don't think Stephen Foster ever visited Henderson. Not well, sure you he really visited. Sure. You don't know that. I don't sure. know that for sure. I don't know that he visited Louisville either. And I'm not 100% sure he visited Bardstown, which is close to where I'm from. <laughs> but, but he did say the he, sun shines bright in his own Kentucky home. He didn't say where in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. He did write the he did write the best uh, state song uh, of of all the 50 states. 100% agree. Yeah. So, uh, and that that song just happens to be the, uh, the 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 preamble to the Kentucky Derby, basically. So uh, yeah, so a big big day of racing uh, and a big actually a big weekend. I, the Sunday's card might actually be better than Saturday's card, uh, but I, I haven't uh, haven't given that a hundred percent of my attention just yet. But mm-hmm. what we're going to do is uh, is cover the big races. We're going to cover the last five races at Ellis Park on Saturday. Uh, before we start, there is six races prior to that. Uh, guys, anything you all like in races one through six before we get to the late pick five. Go ahead, Jeff. You're the man here. I haven't looked that closely at the first six. You know, I was scoping through, and we always like to get our day off on a good note, right? I have Uh a bomb for you all in the first race. We're talking Stephen Foster Day, right? First grade one ever at Ellis Park. And I'm going to give you all a horse and a $50,000 maiden claimer to kick the day off. Well, that's awful nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go down. Number nine, Little Music. 12 okay. to 1 on the morning line, and we are probably going to get some float from there, I would say. Yes, yes you will. Given, given the performances on paper so far, I'm thinking more 30 to 1 range, something like that. This is more me being a little bit against Sapphire Knights, thinking that that one's probably going to be 4 to 5 going to be the speed, but should have gotten the job done last time. Yes, agreed. Um, And is just regressing a little bit. Like, that one could easily take another step back from there. And if that one takes a step back from there, we don't really have any other proven form in here. Definitely no other proven speed. The first-time starters don't look like a whole heck of a lot, being, you know, 50,000 claimers, and none of them are just working a hole in the wind. Little Music has shown a little bit of speed, especially in those past two starts. And has totally faded. But look, two starts back, look who won that race that this one was in at church. The monster. The monster who's up on Sunday. The monster in VV's dream, who's going to be the favorite in the debutante on Sunday, who I think is an absolute gorilla. So this is a much, 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 much weaker field. And if this one either gets the lead from Sapphire Knights or sits just off that one without any pressure, I think we can get a surprise at Big Balloons. I like your thought there. Hutch Hulsapple's a bit of an underrated trainer, small-time trainer. Mm-hmm. And I like it because he has been chasing, chasing speed his last two times. And VV's Dream, if you have, if people haven't seen VV's Dream, go look at that maiden win. Good yep. God. Right? Good God. So, oh, yeah. Hey, I like, I like it. I like the idea there. You're gonna get Could that be Tyler thing? Hurd's only mount on the card? Well, would be interesting. Down. Let me scroll down. I don't know. Oh, it could be. I'm scrolling. Interesting. You guys, you guys talk, but uh, yeah, that's not the tough. That's not as tough. Sometimes they look. People see these high-priced uh, 
two-year-old uh, maiden claimers, and the, it, they're not as good as races as you as as that t- price tag leads you to believe and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, that was a a little little fun tidbit there to just get the day kicked off. That's that's what we want to hear there, brother. And jockeys, Tyler Hurd, that is Tyler Hurd's only mount. There you go. There you go. Here for a reason. Brandon's already got a future wager down on it once he listens <laughs> to this podcast, if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else you got? Because I, I did want to mention the Kelly's Landing real quick, unless you have something else. I I would like to add, there, there are two steam horses early in the card. Oh, please do. Well, I mean, I, do what you want to with them, but in the secondary, it's number three, Pumpkin Scone. Oh, was yeah. all the rage. She was she was bet down to even money, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not ready to say she had any excuses, but she's going to get bet hard again. Uh, so you know that's probably a four to five. Man, she, she cost also, one point. She hooked up with Absent that day, right? And Absent's right. race too. And this yeah, those two will both take money again, I'm sure. And I'd, I'd be mm-hmm. surprised if somebody, anyone, but one of those two won that race. And then in the is the it the fourth? Yeah, it the fourth race. The Normandy hero, Normandy hero, was the uh, fastest fastest oh. horse in the world. Son yeah. of Omaha Beach, and this horse, uh, I, I assume got got loose in the post, or not in the post race, but right before they were getting ready to load, and the horse right was scratched. Before. Yep, right before the game yeah. last time and scratched. But um, so yeah, this there, horse there is, is no shot. That horse is going to be five to one. Play no chance. He he'll be seven to five, eight to five, something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it promptly came back to work uh, forty-seven and four mm-hmm. bullet at Keeneland, and he you know he gets Pratt. So the five to one is a pipe dream, but that's supposedly the one. But yeah, that said, in that race, I know that's the steam horse. That was a weaker race, I think, than this. You've got you got a McPeak horse who looked really good. Uh, second time out in this race on top of the street. Then you've also got another McPeak horse. I got a feeling McPeak may be unlo- maybe launching something on this day or whatever. He's he could have a, a big day. Yeah. yeah, he's got Django in there with the. You got to see that. You know, one of those horses could win that race. It's Corey mm-hmm. Lannery. Uh, McPeak may be saving one of these for. He, he his horses seem to do better. Uh, the, uh, the longer they go in the two-year-old races and the six-far-long type race, so I wouldn't be surprised. If he, and plus, you've got a. Uh, uh, Mr. Asmus in there with an eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, six hundred fifty thousand dollars tap. It's a, it's a good race. It's yeah. a, you might get a little price on Normandy here if that's the case, but I'd be worried. I, I got a feeling about McPeak on Saturday. I put the over under at eight to five on Normandy Hero. I'd agree. I've heard I just, a lot yeah. about this horse. Not I think everybody, <laughs> everybody knows about the horse. Everybody. everybody. And that's the time when these the steam horses. Okay, go contrary to that or whatever. They are two year olds, right? Maybe right. runs off in the post parade again. You might get some. You might get some serious overlays on some of the other horse mentioned. Yeah. Not to mention, there's a couple other good ones in there too. So yeah, it'd be a fun inside, race to watch. Inside the pylons w- w- is is going to play against this horse. I'm sorry. It should. I, <laughs> I'm. I generally like try to go against the steam horses for the most part, and I just and and this. I think we have st- we know steam on this one. There may be steam on the other horses we don't know of, right? So mm-hmm. it's just something to keep in sure, mind. But, sure. But yeah, Normandy Hero could run off the screen. I've heard too much about the horse. Mm-hmm. And, uh. The Kelly's Landing, real quick, before you get in those last five, that's Bango going in the Kelly's Landing. Yeah. Uh, do we think Bango wins? I think there's a sneaky horse in there, uh, in Fortin Hill, maybe. Yes. Yeah. I like that yeah. you said that. I, I, I did take Bango on top, but I got Fortin Hill in second. I, I think he is sneaky in here. 
There's not a lot of speed in there, and Gerardo Corrales doesn't. I'm actually stunned that looking at this, Gerardo Corrales only has a four wins so far at Ellis. It seemed like it's a lot more than that, but it does. man, especially these sprints, for Lobo. You know? Yeah, and he and these sprints, he seems like he gets out on the lead, and he's just hard to catch. And I could see this because he's got that rail draw. He's going to have to send right. uh, the ass muscle horse off the layoff may get the lead, but all all Corrales can do is send. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Bangle yeah. may get a great trip, but, you know, 12 to 1, I might consider a fort. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately for Bango, we're not at Churchill Downs. This race was at Churchill Downs. I'd bet Bango at 2 to right. 5. I'm pulling for Bango, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we should say the speed The speed has been, most most races has been tremendous, as particularly right. inside speed, right? If it's not been inside speed, then the horse is setting just off, and it's been hard to make up ground some of these races. Some races have, have completely went against that, but uh, – uh, a speed has been an equalizer uh, as upsetting horses sometimes. And uh, we've seen it. Uh, we saw it last week uh, with society against uh, Monterea. Yeah. Uh, society was just ready to roll. And I did not like society that them. day. Yeah. I and didn't either. You see these I horses. didn't like her till they sprung the gates. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see these horses draw the outside and it feels like they get in chase mode and they just, they have a hard time keeping up. So maybe they mid pack when these horses get loose, but. It's not. It hasn't been that way the entire time, but it's just a thought. So mm-hmm. we can get to the uh, the other five races if you guys like, unless you have All something right. else, Jeff. No, I, I agree with everything you said. Okay, hit me, right. CC. Let's get down to brass tacks. Race seven kicks off the late pick five, and we've got a really strong favorite. It's going to be hard to beat this horse. Number six, hoist the gold, even money on the morning line for Dallas Stewart. Luis Saez coming off. And next to last finish in the Met Mile behind Cody's Wish. But prior to that, he was second to Cody's Wish in the Churchill Downs handicap on Derby Day. He's on a losing streak, but, man, he just seems like he lays over this bunch. Jeff, what say you? I agree. Just on class alone, this horse is going to be very difficult to beat. Uh has enough tactical speed to be close and uh not be compromised by how the, the track is playing. I'm totally throwing out the, the Met Mile. Uh Bumped and steadied throughout that. Face Cody's wish is probably the best horse in training right now. Um, I think that's going to be really tough to beat. I, I do like a price maybe underneath with the Queen's Jewels. Mm. 20 to 1 uh, on the morning line with uh, Giroux and Van Berg. Um, did no running at all last time at Turfway. But has speed, should be close. Really good record at the distance and is best on dirt. Those those are my my big arguments for this one to try and spice up the exacto a little bit underneath hoist the gold. What do you guys think about that one? Oh yeah, that's consistent horse and uh, loves to hit the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35, 35 times sixty two starts. Right, just the kind of horse eight year old starter allowance type, the kind of horse you just want to own, right? That's yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and. And Flo rides a horse real well too. I think Flo's yep. beat me with this horse with some painful beats in the past right. on this one. You know who I, you know, your, your guys' points on, on Hoist the Gold. Yes, Hoist the Gold. When I first looked at this race, I'm like, this is a full field and Hoist the Gold's even money. I got to try to beat Hoist the Gold here. Right. Coming off that, coming off the last race, had it, you know, ran on Derby Day, ran the Met Mile. So the temptation to me is, is the horse start, is tailing off. Is there a possibility the horse is tailing off enough where I don't want to take it at three to five? Because when you look through this field, there's not a lot in this field that's in really good form, right? Exactly. Except one horse, and that's Brown and Brow. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think this would be a, like this co- the contrary single that I that I might try with Brian Hernandez on. Brian Hernandez runs the very well. If Hoist the Gold is tapering off just a bit, is the Met Mile was it a case of running in the Met Mile against Cody's Wiz, or was it a case of he's he's putting some big efforts without winning? They're dropping him in here. He looks like the winner. Are you going to get four to one on Braun and Brow? If you take if you take Hoist the gold out. Looks like Braun and Brow, if he can get the seven furlong trip, might lay over the field at four to one minus Hoist the gold. So I'm, I'm leaning Braun and Brow's way, and and I, I keep looking for bombs to throw in there. I'm having a hard time coming up with it because I see so many horses in kind of shady form outside of the top two. So yep. I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Mark Cassie in this and the Cajun bread that you should know so well, right, Jeff? Exactly. Well, I, I really did want to pick this horse on top, and I kept going back to it and going back to it, and. You know, it, it does have a special place in my heart. He was great at fairgrounds this past meet. Two wins, fairgrounds this past meet. Uh, looked great. He, and my note on this one just says gritty. Yeah. Like he, he's just a gamer. Like he, he's just a racehorse and he loves to run. I, I just, I just think he's just a step below. Boys I agree. Day. And I can see that. And that's, that's the concern I have. And that's where the difference in price comes into play. Cause I'm not concerned yeah. about the seven furlong distance because that is hoist the gold's jam, the seven furlong yes. trip. Yes. And uh, so I'm a little concerned about that extra furlong, but the, the differential in price would lead me there. CC, do you have an opinion? Well, uh, I'm going to pose a question to both of you. What do you do if you if you like Braun and Brow, but you're not as confident? You want to use both? Do, do you use both in the pick five? Do you even play the pick five if you like both? The way this pick five unfolds for me personally, and I'll explain a little bit later, if I see a, a horse, if I see a shorter price horse that I'm going to single later on, and there is one or two options for that to me, then I will definitely single Braun and Brow. And mm-hmm. I, I won't be out that much money. The way I'm considering playing the way I'm considering playing it, I would not want to use Hoist the Gold in addition to the other horses I'm going to use. So if, if I, Braun and Brow is the way I am, then that's, you know, that's the way I play. I would, and it's single, and if he loses, he loses. Uh, that I would just single Braun and Brow the way I'm going to play the ticket. I'm not going to go really deep in some other legs, and what there's a favorite I like in the last race. So because of that, that's how I, that's how I look at these things, Jeff. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, if you if you do like prices later, I wouldn't have any issue using both of them. Agreed. But um, I do I do agree with you that if you think it's going to be pretty chalky down the line, that if if this is your quote unquote strongest opinion in the sequence, I think you need to single and go with that because that's going to knock out a lot of tickets. And the thing too is if I look at this race, cause when I initially saw this field and because there is a, a favorite I like later and some other races, I don't think I would go that deep. Uh, so I, the, the lure was to find a bomb in here and, but I don't like any of the bombs and, and I'm usually all for that, but I just, you know, I'm having a hard time coming up with the, someone I think is the caliber of a, um, of a hoist the gold that could beat him even on, on a bad day. So I'm, I'm struggling yeah. to find it. And I may be wrong. It's maybe both Brown and Brown, Brown and Brown doesn't get the seven for long trip hoist the gold is tailing off and it, it just, God knows who wins it. So, but this is the way I'm going to play it. Well, uh, what are your guys thoughts on Mr. Big news coming off this long layoff here? Oh, you're looking to bring him up horse the gold. He's only won some... three times since the Derby. Now I know how CC feels about the horse. <laughs> I hate him. No, I, I've got some. I've got some inside info on this horse. Actually, I, I think the barn thinks they want to give him a race because yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's fit enough just yet. So it, it's probably a wait and see on approach. Yeah, I don't him. have him anywhere in my selections, but it just kind of interested me that this, you know, this is where he resurfaces. 
you know, I, yeah. I agree. Maybe, you know, I, I was wondering, I didn't realize he only run three times since the Derby. And right. that is amazing to me since he'd run third in the Derby a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a couple of, maybe some pride, Gulfstream Way might be a bit of an interesting horse off the Norm Cassie claims. He's run well in the past. And another I horse mean, I love. Yeah. Yeah. I can almost make a case for calling midnight, which I never would have thought I would to maybe get in the bottom of the super just because he did improve late in the race last time, but it's, it, it's hard to get past some of the favorites and the two favorites here to me. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Race eight is the Fleur de Lis grade two, nine furlongs, $100,000 purse. No longer the richest race in Ellis Park history. <laughs> and we've got a heavy, not a heavy favorite, but a favorite nonetheless. Number six, Amo Ray, eight to five for Brad Cox, Flavian Pratt. And, uh, guys, I think she's beatable. Alan, we'll go to you first. Uh, anything you like in the Fleur de Lis? Uh, first off, Flavian Pratt didn't exactly have the best, uh, time of it last week, and he was kind of lower than some horses looking, but he didn't, of course, we all know Flavian Pratt's a great jockey. He's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually do believe a mole raise me really tough to beat in here. Uh, it, I, I think this race comes down to, there's a pace aspect. There's not a lot of speed in this race. And it's like, who's going to send? I think a mole ray can stay closer to the pace than some of the others. I mean, this, this horse did come from far back to be, uh, Finished a very respectable fourth to some of the best uh, older fillies, older females there are, and played hard, secret oath, and, and search results. So that that last race was legit off the three-race win streak. In the three-race win streak, I don't know if he was beating that. She was beating that many good horses, but I think in this spot, if, if Floron or if Pratt can get her out, she's going to be tough. The alternative to that, who I would use, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to go too crazy, too too crazy deep. I would maybe use the rail horse in Bellamora. Yep. Uh, yep. because I, that horse could send, right? And mm-hmm. at this mile and eight trip, if you get out there, we've seen it a couple times and they let you go, watch out. And this horse has been competitive. It's not a, you throw out maybe the turfery race. Some of the dirt races are, are not bad. A Dory Manor, the second place finish. And then of course, the really good second in a short field last uh, fall to played hard, who's taken her game to another level. So. I might, I, those would be the two I would just use. I would not go crazy deep in this race because I, I do think Amore is the one to beat. I know Hardy Constitution's in good form. I think Music Street on the far outside is a pure mile and eighth horse. I'm willing to forgive the last race because I think, uh, uh it was kind of a paceless race and, uh, Music Street is definitely someone to consider underneath in the Super mm-hmm. But If I was betting a, a multi-race wager, it would just be Amore and, uh, Bellamora. Jeff? I agree. Those are those are my top two as well. I think Amore is the best horse in the race. I think she's the most likely winner. Um, I'm very interested in Bellamore on the rail. I think it is an absolute sin mission from there. And the way that, that Ellis has been playing, I think we have a decent shot, of, especially if we get a decent price. Going back to the, the win bets, when you don't necessarily bet to win the horse you think has the biggest chance to win the race, I am very interested in a win wager on Bellamore if we get somewhere around the morning line on this one, five to one, six to one. Um, I think she has a really good shot to wire the field. Um, I think Royal Take Charge is a little interesting. I mean, oh, yeah. he's done anything wrong. It's definitely a class test for sure. But, um, you know, this one still has upside for sure. I think they could step up and uh, make some noise. The My biggest opinion in this race is probably being against Pauline's Pearl. Right. I think the the name recognition alone is probably going to get some money on this one. Probably pace compromise hasn't really shown us much in the last couple. Um, I, if I can 
get this one out of the trifectas and superfectas, I'm happy. Yeah, I started to believe that horse was the goods last year, and I was never that big on the horse. And I started to believe that as soon as I started to believe that horse was actually the goods, is when she started to tail back off. And it's like I right. was right in the first place, and I was mm-hmm. wrong at the right uh, at, at right at the wrong time and wrong at the right time. And it seems like she's not going right. And then again, uh, in that last race, Amore uh, Amore ran good fourth. She was kind of a nondescript six. Yeah. And Amore already already beat her pretty handily the race before that. So I, I think there's. The eight to five versus a three to one. I think you're going to see a shift in those odds. I, I got to think Pauline Pearl drifts a little bit. CC. Pauline Pearl could be. Uh, she's five years old. She could be a lot like Brandon Jaggers. She, she just wants to be a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you heard that one, Brandon. <laughs> Speaking she's of still Brandon, good I, figs, but I had some trivia for Brandon. I, w- I wanted to try to embarrass him tonight. And oh, it was, really? it, yeah, it was involved, uh, Wise Dan, race nine, mile and 16th, $400,000 purse, eight and a half furlongs on the grass. Uh, guys, how many, how many stakes races did Wise Dan win at Ellis Park? None. Did she Good win at Yeah, I don't think she raced at Ellis He raced at Ellis I would also say none, but it sounds like a trick question. <laughs> well, they are running the Wise Dan stakes there, but. <laughs> that is a good point, though. They run the Wise Dan stakes that a race that Wise Dan never attract. Wise Dan never ran. I never thought about it before. That's a great point. That is a good point. Wise Dan ran All at right. Surfway. He ran at Churchill. He ran at Keeneland, but he did not run at Ellis. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, we've got a heavy favorite in here. Set piece four to five on the morning line. Twelve for twenty-seven lifetime over a million dollars in earnings for Judmont and Brad Cox. Florent Giroux takes the mount. Set piece comes off a win in the Arlington Stakes on June 3rd. What do we do with set piece? Jeff, uh, I'll go to you first. I think the way that we make money here is we single against set piece. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. And we do it with a 10 to 1 shot on the rail in Harlan Estate. Ooh, I Ooh. tell you what, I was tempted to take that one, but explain your logic. So, so this is this is probably my biggest opinion on the card. Is first of all, our boy Declan Cannon is riding incredibly on the turf at Ellis. I don't think anybody's riding better on the turf at Ellis than he is. He has a plus one ninety seven ROI on the turf in general this year. So I just I trust him to work out a trip that is going to be beneficial, much less beneficial or much more beneficial than the one that he got last time against set piece and gets smoking hopped at the start and didn't lose a whole lot of ground. So a lot of people are looking at that and they're like, you know, that start really didn't cost him too much, but he didn't really get into stride until well past that and found himself farther back than usual. This horse is usually pretty close, like not going to be on the lead for sure, but you know, at least up in the running and uh, found himself farther back Obviously, set piece was farther back, but when they started doing the real running, set piece came around to his outside, and they almost had their own little duel on the backside as they were going into the turn. Set piece got first jump, went around. Harlan Estate tried to go outside, tried to go inside, had to split horses, go back inside again, and then go outside of get smoking. Had a lot more horse than get smoking did at the end, and try and was still running on the best of the three at the end. Only lost a length and three quarters to set piece last time at twenty seven to one. I think if if the trips are reversed this time, if set piece gets any traffic whatsoever, and our boy Declan 
can get a clean trip with Harlan Estate, I think we, it can be bombs away right here. I like you know I was thinking along the same line because I know the race two back against Tiberius Mercury. Curious, that was a day when but the rail was out at Churchill, right? And those two just went mm-hmm. one two around the racetrack and they right. ding donged it. It was a Far no to no way. Yeah. It was they went. It was a tough luck defeat to say the least for Declan and sure. Whitworth Beckman. And then he comes back and against set piece, and that wasn't the toughest field that set piece. But the uh, the Arlington was not the toughest field. Set piece was mm-hmm. a heavy favorite, deservedly so. And set piece felt like he had a measure that time, but Harlan Estate ran well at an overlaid yeah. twenty-seven to one, for all the reasons you just mentioned. So, getting that rails uh, draw today, if Declan gets him out, don't be surprised if he's up close and stuff. And, and I, I definitely could see that one upsetting the apple cart. Yeah, I, very I was, minimum use underneath, but that, that's that's my single in the multi-race exotics. I, here. I love that idea, and, and that's a go. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Now, if you were going to single this one. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking about with Braun and Brow, right? Yeah. And that, if I was single on Harlan State, then I would probably use Hoist the Gold later earlier, right? Because right. it'll still pay and it, it it would be and I wouldn't be going deep in that race anyway. So I would go ahead and use Hoist the Gold there if I'm single on ten to one. Yeah. So yeah. Seth and that's is gonna be the biggest favorite on the card for sure. So Yeah. But my thing is I, I don't I don't find set piece invincible in here because right. and I love set piece. I think set piece you can count on set piece to put mm-hmm. his run in every time. Um I just I and he was confidently handled last time. He just kinda went by those field he had the field measured. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a better field overall than he faced last time. And mm-hmm. we had wondered if set piece was tailing off a little bit before the last race. So now he's going to get bet. This might be a slightly better field. Get smoking. Did have a great trip last time and ran a big race. Couldn't get it done. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got to win there if he's going to win. You know, yeah, it, exactly. It was an uncontested pace. Didn't have to go that fast. Um, and yeah, def- was well beaten by set piece. And I, in my opinion, did not run as well as Harlan State. So. And then yep. we come back in Camp Hope. Finally, you never Camp Hope is somebody I'm very fond of. The walking out thoroughbreds, uh, Scott Leeds, we've had on the show before. The, all the money from Camp Hope. Camp Hope's named after a veterans organization that uh, Scott donates to. So I always love to see Camp Hope succeed, right? And yeah. he could win this race too. But I, the one that interests me the most is Play Action Pass. Yeah. And play action. If, if you guys remember Play Action Pass last year, when he that horse would take money, he would run well. He would take some weird money when. Gaffleyon, who has been just fantastic at this meet, even more so than he usually is. He's well over 50% first or second, and anything he's on, you got to pay attention to. And he rides his horse well. And I thought he didn't run that bad last time against Camp Hope. It was his first start of the year. Um, Tyler takes the mount. He could be up close to the pace. I'm leaning to play action pass. I I I, I like Harlan Estate for all the reasons you mentioned. I think set piece is going to be tough, but if you held a gun in my head, I might I might take a take a stab at play action pass. And undefeated at Ellis Park, two for two. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and twelve to one. Do you think twelve to one is, or is it maybe eight nine to one? Maybe I don't know. It'll be a little under that probably, but I think you're getting fair value, and yeah. especially if you're playing the multi race exotics. I mean, it'll pay a lot more than that. I think and this would be the race I'd be more inclined to do a, a moderate spread, and they're using the horses uh-huh. that you mentioned or whatever. But play action pass would be at the top of my list. CC, what do you think? Is uh, play action pass owned by Bill Parcells? Is that August no. Dawn? Is that his? Is that his uh, deal? I, you, Jeff, do you know? I, I, that, that I, I think it sure. is. Now that you say that, it sounds familiar though. Like I would, I didn't have that put together in my head before, but I think you might be right. 
Well, it makes sense. I mean, the, the, it's a football name, play action pass. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was the one I landed on. I thought the last race uh, had prep written all over it. Yeah. And the horse, he, he made the move to, to get, to, you know, toward the front and then, then flattened out. I just screamed that he needed the race. And I think, uh, I think his horse is going to be live and, and Tyler sticks. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen too many weird races at Ellis over the years on the grass that I think, uh, set piece is a play against. I think he's, I'm not sure if Florent's going to try to wind him up and try to split horses at Ellis. He can yeah. get away with that at Churchill with the longer stretch, but, uh, he's, he's going to have to wind him up early. And he's probably going to have to go around horses, so he's going to lose ground. And I think, I think from the from the top of the stretch to the wire, it's a little bit shorter than Churchill, so he's not going to have all all that stretch to run run the leaders down. So I think he's a play against. But I, you guys named off the ones I want: Play Action Pass and Harlan Estate. And I'm going to use Get Smoking as well because you know the, you never know. I don't know speed. how I don't know how much rain Ellis has gotten lately, but the turf seems to to play to speed. So. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to use him. He might just back the pace down and go wire to wire. So, and as uh, our friend Joe Christofek likes saying, by the way, Joe's mother is very ill. As I know his mother's ill, and they're uh, so we yes. wish our prayers uh, to Mrs. Chris, uh, Miss Christofek. I have a hard time remember her first name. Is it Mary, Marianne, Mary mm-hmm. Joe? Yep. But uh, we want to wish her the, the best. Yep. But as Joe Christofek likes to say, is like his form was clouded. Clouded or muddy? How does he say it? The form is clouded. The race yeah, two says back. Muddied up, I think sometimes. Muddied Dirty, up. Dirtied up. Yeah. Dirtied up. Two back in the Commonwealth. I remember that night or that day. It was a torrential downpour came and it was that that uh, Commonwealth turf got reduced to six and it was the track was just terrible and uh, trademark won the race easily and uh, play action pass didn't run a step. So that looks that that has indeed uh, muddied up his form a little bit, that the Commonwealth. So I would expect a better effort from that horse. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go to the big one. It's the uh, the 10th race, the Stephen Foster Stakes, $1 million. They're running a $1 million race at Ellis Park. As Let that should. sink in. Let that sink in, gentlemen. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we're all we're all happy about that, right, and stuff. And it's just absolutely take advantage of the circumstances they present themselves to you and stuff. But. I I thought about this today when uh, was it James James Ellis when he I, I don't know if he built the track or no he bought the track back forever ago. And what if he ever dreamed of, of a million dollar race being run there back in the thirties or forties? And it's but, a good one too. It's a good one. Yeah, uh, this, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure it's going to take some flack because you, you don't have your stars. I mean, it, it, this race has pretty much got everybody except Cody's Wish and Deep Funded and I don't know, maybe a, a few more from California that, that, that might fit in here, but this race is stacked top to bottom. You've got a great one winner in Proxy who won the Clark. Stiletto Boy won the San Anita Handicap who beat Proxy in that race. Then you got a host of grade two runners and grade three winners. Uh, West Willpower won the New Orleans Classic powerfully back in, in March. Last Samurai, uh, won some big races at Oakland over the winter. Uh, it's a, it's a great race. Rattle and Roll comes in off a three race win streak. And of course, uh, Speed Bias. I mean, this, this race is, uh, intriguing. It's going to be hard to handicap, but, uh, uh, I think Alan's your turn. Uh, you, oh, shoot. 
<laughs> yeah. The, well, let's first let's talk about the pace scenario here. Solid pace. So you think it'd be a solid? I think it might be a solid pace. I I think Not the crazy. way the track's playing, the way the track's playing, I think you, there's there's going to be some jockeying for position early. So you you're going to have a horse like Stiletto Boy probably go from the inside. Speed bias is the horse that uh, I don't know what to do with. He he uh, he was super fast last time. He you know Sias may just gun to the lead and just put a flying ointment of everybody else. I think he does. I think he does yeah. be on a twelve to one shot in this kind of race. I mean, Louis's not going to mess around. Right, he, I he guns. And I agree. I, yeah, Stiletto Boy's kind of the question mark for me. You said you think he's going to go. I think he might, and I think that might be what keeps Speed Bias from maybe being very, very intriguing at that price, is I think those two might hook up. But um, I do think that Louie's going to go to the lead and say, hey, if you want to come with me, good luck. So I, I had the same problem when they all – most of these horses ran the Oakland – well, not most of them, but some of them ran the Oakland Handicap. And I had the same problem – because uh, Charge It was in there as well with uh, Classic Causeway. And I was for certain that Classic Causeway would gun and Charge It was set on his flank. And then that would open it up for the rest of them. It right. would be, it would set up, make it an honest pace. And it turned out Stiletto Boy went to the lead. Classic Causeway was lapped on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, 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 and it did, it, it did set up for closers and, and those closers are in here, but now we've got a whole different situation with a speed favoring track. So exactly. Alan, uh, take it away, bud. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I do think it's a great race. I think you have a lot of horses in that three to one to five to one range and they're all going to be legitimate chances. I mean, I want to take the two McPeaks personally. I want to, that's, I want to take Smile Happy and Rattle and Roll in which order. I, I don't know. I think those, both those horses have looked so good of late. They both rattle and roll is what he's doing. Rattle and roll does not get enough uh, press. I mean, remember people kind of badmouth this. Was this horse barely getting the Derby or something last year? Was the first one out? Did he run the Derby last year? I can't remember mm-hmm. if he did or not. He was smile he was happy. On the yeah, smile happy did, but he kind of got a little bad. He has turned rattle and roll. Rattle and roll run, run every week. It's like every couple of weeks, and uh, you take out a couple of wins. Uh, take out. Um, the mile and five eighths race. He's won five of his last six races, and he's looked impressive each time. He was buried down at Churchill last time. He looked like he was beat, did he not, uh, guys? He was stuck on the rail. Oh yeah, he he got slammed into the rail last slammed time. Slammed in the rail and he called was, me yeah, fast. Yeah, he was dead to rights. Uh-huh. And Leperu, people badmouth Leperu. I don't know why, but Leperu made the move. He he saw it. He took advantage of it. He swept by him, and Rattle and Real still got out and, and run him down after he got completely passed by Call Me Fast. I want to take Rattle and Roll and or Smile Happy. I know that's kind of a, a lame way to go, but Smile Happy might be closer to the pace. He looked so good last time. But then Rattle and Roll is, it might lay a little bit further back. I don't make too much of the fact that Brian Hernandez shows Rattle and Roll. He's rolled him more, and Lannery has a history on Smile Happy, so I don't put much stock into that. I just don't know which one to pick. I'm going to take one of them. That's kind of a, a lame way to go, but I know if I was only using two horses in that race, I would use those two. That's not even taking into account West Willpower, who has the ability to run a corker at any time, right? Uh, and proxy is always tough. Hell, I mean, I think it's a good race. I'm going to go with the two McPeaks in some fashion. I can't tell you how, but Jeff, take it away, brother. <laughs> so rattle and roll is interesting. It's, it's, he's one of those that I can't get right. If I'm, I know. if I'm on him, he loses. If I'm against him, he wins. And I've been against him three straight races, and as you guys know very well, he has won three straight races. Um, 
I am against him again today. So Fair it's probably going to put him right in the winner's circle. That pace but, could hurt him. But the pace could hurt him. Um, I think that's the biggest reason, speed bias, uh, speed really being helped at Ellis. And two back when he faced speed bias, I thought he was going right by. I don't know about you guys, but watching oh, he that did. replay, yeah. it looked like halfway down the stretch, Rattle and Roll was going to win by eight. And yes. watching live, I thought speed bias might have won the race. He fought every single step of the way and was trying very hard to win that race. And um, I was just, I don't know, I'm just, I keep being a little bit underwhelmed by Rattle and Roll. And he keeps winning, but I think this might finally be the day where I'm right against him. Because mm-hmm. I think he might have too much work to do. Um, I do like the other McPeak smile happy a lot. I was... I really liked him in the Ali Sheba, which was great. That was a great price we got. We're not going to get that price again. But, I mean, best performance of his career. He ran huge that day. He had plenty left in the tank. If he gets anywhere close to that, it's going to be very difficult to beat him in here. And I think he's just going to kind of trip out. Like you were saying with the with the speed, it, especially if Stiletto Boy goes with speed bias and if West Willpower is close to them too. I mean, if Smile Happy just sits right behind that duel up front and gets the run of the race, it's going to be very, very difficult to beat him. Um, I, I do think, as you said, West Willpower is very interesting and pop with his best at any time can easily win this race. And then um, speed bias is the interesting one. As we said, if, if Louis just gets aggressive, he gets, um, gets the early lead easy to himself. Uh, as he showed against rattle and roll in the Pimlico special, he's, he's not one that's just going to throw in the towel if he gets challenged. And then the icing on the cake with him is two straight bullet works coming out of that race. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the best of 29 on uh, June 10th and then best of 48 on June 25th at Churchill. So he's definitely ready to roll. So is he your select? You think speed bias is your selection or are you thinking smile happy? I, I will be using both for sure. My win bet's probably going to be on speed bias just because of price. Gotcha. I, I like it. CC, give us uh, what's a great Stephen Foster. Give us your thoughts. Stiletto boy. Oh, really? Hey, we're going Kent for the rent. <laughs> okay. What kind now, of shirt does he have in CC? He's the, uh, he's, well, he, Kent's going to give him a great ride. I have all my faith in Kent. Uh, he, he, he rides these big races like a rider's supposed to. I, he does. I, despite yeah. all of his demons, he's one of the, one of the greatest riders to ever get into a saddle. But, uh, this horse, uh, Gosh, he's so he's so consistent. Now he's better than ever. Uh, I don't think I wouldn't single him, but I, I feel like maybe some type of exotics exotics key with uh, sure. maybe proxy and and smile happy and West Will Power and maybe you know he runs one two three and I'll maybe cash something out of it. Well, yeah, he's seventeen out of twenty two in the money, so that's, that's a I agree with you there. I had no idea yeah. he was only five years old. I just, he just, like, I've been talking to the little boy forever. I had something he's like eight. He's only five. <laughs> <laughs> that's on me, though. Let me, let me ask you guys something real quick. Who is the one that's of these, and I think I know who you guys are going to say, of these main contenders, and that, you know, who do you think is the most likely to not hit the trifecta, to not run a good race? Happy American. <laughs> <laughs> Does, does Happy Mike American. Samurai count as a top contender? 
Yes, I would say <laughs> everybody. Yeah, I'll also he's, a, he's a top eight contender. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's who I would say as far as as the morning line goes. Who I think is it is going to probably not run as well as as the morning line says. Um, I think he's just a little bit on the decline. It, it's good that he got a little bit of a break um, since Oaks Day, but. Um, just didn't really have that much an excuse for being that that flat last time. I thought against a couple of these uh, these rivals he's going to face again today. I would probably lean that way too. He, uh, this is I, I, the reason I asked that because this is this is an eight horse field, and you'll hear me go on about how much I hate short fields and stuff, and I just despise them. That said, this is an eight horse field, but these are eight good horses, and this is a very right. evenly matched field in my mind. Uh, I, I would probably lean last samurai too. I. I mean, I think proxy, I, I can definitely see four or five, six. I could see six legitimately winning the race, right? And the Happy American's no slouch. I could see Happy American is always there to pick up the pieces and stuff and ran a decent race last time. So I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good version of the Foster. All right. Okay. One more. It's the one mile Teppin on the grass for three year old Phillies. And it looks like, um, number five is Jaguera. Daughter of Nyquist for Phil Bauer and Rigney Racing for Julian Leperu. She comes off a really handy allowance win uh, at the same distance on June 2nd. She's going to be the favorite or at least co-favorite with uh, Heavenly Sunday. Uh, I want to say it's a tough race, but I got a feeling it, that this might go chalky. But uh, uh, Jeff, finish us off here. Let's let's talk about the the, the tapping. So I really think it's going to be one of those two that you talked about. I'm not getting too creative in here. Um, I do know from our, our friend Travis Stone that the five is pronounced Kijera. Oh, I thought it was Zijera. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you wouldn't think. But, yeah, like so like K-E-E-J-E-R-A is kind of how I think of it. Um, well, I think G-E-O-F-F is pronounced G-O-F. <laughs> that would make much more sense. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but, um yeah, Kijera just ran so big last time, and it was off the layoff. I mean, we could we could potentially see a repeat or even a step forward from that race, and a step forward probably just crushes these. Um, my my only small concern with this one would be if they do take a step back, and she did run, as we saw, by far her best career race, the only time she had Lasix and does not get Lasix in this race. So, right, right. I'm not like a huge Lasix on and off believer, but when it's, uh, you know, just the one sample size for one race that just almost came out of nowhere. I mean, didn't come out of nowhere. Like she's a really good horse, but, um, definitely career best effort. Um, if you're trying to make an argument for a step back, that would probably be it. But, um, I, I still think she's the most likely winner of the race. And then Heavenly Sunday, um, just very difficult to knock, uh, Brad Cox sounds very excited when he's been asked about her in interviews leading up to this, which I I do put some some salt into for sure. Uh, was really gritty in that Edgewood win, you know, just went right to the lead, took care of business, and then uh, fought on well at the end at almost ten to one. So it's not like you know she was expected to just drill that field. And um, I, I just don't really have anything to knock on her. I think she's done everything that's been asked of her, uh, progressing nicely throughout her career to, could take that next step here and uh, become a, a, a really nice horse in the division. You know, in, in an ideal world, as, as we mentioned, you would use both horses, a Jaguar and Heavenly Sunday, because Heavenly Sunday, 
that Edwin, she beat a good field. I mean, it was a, mm-hmm. another evenly matched race. Uh, Mission of Joy came out of that race to air. There's a lot of good horses in there. I believe Carl Consort was in there, was off the board, and my Papil might have been in there. Uh, so hats off to her for winning that race and would be no surprise at all to win. I like Kijera, Zigera, Exigera, however you want to say it, because <laughs> I've liked that horse last year. And when she just, I remember the race at Saratoga. I don't watch, you know, I watch Saratoga maybe 20% of the time, but I mean, she, that race was over. He completely eased up on her and, you know, ran well in the Alcibiades on dirt after that, right? I mean, pretty good field there. And then, of course, you know, rushed him in the end of the, at Keeneland, terrible post, didn't run a step. They take time off, or they bring her back, and she just aired that day at Churchill in that allowance to tune up. And uh, Miss Red came back to run a good second against a very against a uh, a monster herself last week. So, kind of validates uh, Kijera's form. You're right about the Lasix. The combination of the fact that it is off Lasix and the fact that it's heavily Sunday is a concern. But I like what I've seen just the eye test with, with Kijera. And of course, it seems like Phil Bauer and Rigney Racing have taken their game to another level the last couple of years. So, Agreed. and I was talking earlier about the single, why I, why I would take Brian Bauer as a single or maybe another horse down the road because I would want to single Zigera. And if I'm going to single a short price, I want to have, I want to be narrow in other spots, right? And uh, right. take maybe a stand there. It's Kijera for me. It's Heavenly Sunday for a chalky exact because I'll be honest with you, once you get past those two, outside of maybe Safine, yeah, yeah. I don't like much else in the race that 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 is that that can compete with those two. I mean, not to say that they're going to run one two, but from the win end, I'd be surprised if anybody else won the race. And of course, we know how that goes when you say that, right? But um, I mean, a wonderful lady beat nothing last time. Um, anyway, I mean, it, it's it's Zegera and Heavily Sunday for me in the finale. But I would I'm I would single Zegera. CC. Hats off to. Uh... Keneally's barn and, and Fergus Galvin and Rebecca Hillen for picking up this uh, Safine for $18,000. That's a warfront filly out of Adana, former mayor. Good point. And they got her, yeah. they got her for $18,000. She's already won 171000 She's a stakes winner. So now she, her value is, you know, she's she's a six-figure horse now. You know, and as far as worse, she's probably worth two or $300,000. That, that's a hell of a job mm-hmm. by that outfit. Yeah, so... Uh, and she definitely keeps getting better. Uh, I, I wouldn't leave her out. If I'm going uh, three deep, I use her. I, and, you know, that would yeah. be the third option to me. I agree. It's the third one for me as well. It's mm-hmm. not, yeah. It's tough to knock. She hasn't done anything wrong. Right. I, I mean, there's some others in here, though. Metaphysical for Jeff Hiles. That, That's she the man second. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she'll be 20 to one, though. I wouldn't think. I mean, she's, I, I wouldn't oh. leave her out of the exotics. I mean, this no, is no. Good, She'd be the super. She'd be definitely be the uh, key in the exotics for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, even uh, for Hartman, that that late late pace numbers on on that last race are just out of this world. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Classy Bridget's got a little bit of turf pedigree. Uh, her Tomlinson's three forty two, mm-hmm. so that that says she should handle turf in her in her first try. Yeah, Armageddon's uh-huh. been been all right on yeah. turf influence, I think. Yeah, so I think who, who wins? CC who wins? I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm gonna throw a, I'm gonna throw a, a wide net. I'm just, I'm probably gonna use a Safine Heavenly Sunday. Uh, Kigera says G off. And then, uh, number seven, I, what about girl named Charlie? Here's another one here that, uh, she, if you, if you draw a line through her last start, 
she looks pretty decent. She had had a lot of trouble in the Edgewood. I don't like her. I don't like. I, that's you don't like her at all. She 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 won a stakes at Fairgrounds. Yeah, but she uh, didn't. She did not compete against Mission of Joy and Papillo last time. Those are two really good horses, but those two horses stack up with the top two in here, in my opinion. So I, I'd be surprised if she won. But you know, again, I can be wrong. So. I, I do like that she's been working over the turf at Churchill. That's kind of interesting to me. You don't mm-hmm. see that a whole lot. Uh, but I, I tend to agree I'm probably not going to use her heavily on my tickets. But that said, I will say I, I should I should backtrack a little bit. In the Edgewood, she did have a terrible trip in the Edgewood. And with that said, she didn't she didn't come out of that to run very well in the regret against a weaker field. So, in my opinion... Okay. What else we got? So, all right. So, grand scheme of things, we do play as late pick five. Uh, strongest opinion, everybody. Strongest opinion. Oh, strongest yeah. opinion for me is Harlan Estate and the Wise Man. I love it. Nice. I love it. Uh, strongest opinion for me is, well, I got a, I'm a, a Braun and Brow to beat, uh, Poise the Gold. Mm-hmm. Which is probably a, some people will say strong opinion. Some people, most people say dumb opinion. Uh, which I'm good at those. I, I would say uh, a mole race is going to run very well. May win or run second, and that's not much of a call there, to be honest with you. Uh, I do like Zigar a lot. Um, I guess those are pretty lame opinions, aren't they? Sorry. I would, no, I would go. My my picks. The way that I would base my this pick five play as as a standard play for me is a single Braun and Brown one end, and then Zigera on the other end, and watch as neither one of them win. <laughs> play a pick three in the middle. Yeah, I'll 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 ride or die with that. My my play, I would go against set piece. I think that would be where yeah. I would I would I would, I think you can get by with a fairly small ticket. I mean, if you could find a single, like if you if you like. A moray, you could go two by one, by three or four, by several, and Stephen Foster by just a few in the last race. What would that cost? That that wouldn't be but be very affordable. Thirty six, forty eight dollars, maybe something like that. I don't know, but yeah, if you beat either a moray or set piece, that it, it's going to pay even on you know, and it wouldn't take that big of a ticket to get there. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. So the way so the way to look at this ticket, the way everyone's going to play it. Because you always have to look at other people going to play. Everyone's going to either single hoist the gold or go too deep with hoist the gold and or hoist the gold, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other way they're going to play, they're going to go single amore, or they're going to use amore in one of their horses like we had talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. Or and if they're going to go, I, I think the horse they're going to go, the favorite they're going to go against most is set piece because set piece is in a more competitive field and could be pace compromised. So there's that too. So I do believe the majority of tickets would be more apt to go against set piece, even though set piece is a heavier favorite. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, several people, I believe most people will go use many, use a solid number in the Stephen Foster. And then in the last races we just discussed, the majority of people are going to either single Zagara, use Zagara and Heavenly Sunday, or use both. And so you got, you got it when you look at these picks, you got to think of how the masses are going to play it and where you can, right. you can get around that or whatever. And I'd say that that's not the way that it's going to come in the way we just mentioned. But that is that how is how people are going to do it. Anything that you can tweak, like single and hard on the state, tweak to separate yourself in that regard would be a big plus. 
Right. So, and then I know CC like Safin in the last. I mean, I think yes, that would be a, that's a separator, separator too. I would agree with the, with the big two favorites in there because everybody's yes. either going to single or go too deep. Yes, and that's exactly. So if you, if you like Safin, CC, you definitely should, or a girl named Charlie. Two big mm-hmm. separators right there. Now, and in that case, if you just beat one of those favorites, like I talked about, a Moray, Hoist the Gold, and or set piece, uh, I think it could pay a little bit. Yes, exactly. We broke it down, didn't we? Improperly. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Sunday. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sunday, go ahead. Damon's Mound goes in the Maxwell in a very tough field. Have you guys looked at that race yet? I think Damon's got a shot. It's a tough field. A lot of speed. Maybe just sit in there, pack, and make one move. But uh, can Damon's Mound get that done? I haven't I have. too much about it at it, but I, I think he's got a good shot in there. It's good to see that he's kind of back to his old self, mm-hmm. and I really think he has a good chance to step forward off that last race. So uh, I'm I'm a fan. Yes. I'm a fan with both my heart and my head. Yes, CC? I have no idea. I haven't even looked at it. Sorry. Just, Sorry. It doesn't matter if I thought the if I thought the horse could be 48 to 1, I'm still going to bet the horse. It's just the way it goes. Uh, I, I, I will leave in my heart a little bit from time to time. I know we're Michelle Lovell fans around here. Oh, yeah. So finally got that name in there and stuff. We might be having her on in the very near future. We may be working on something. But Well, good. But, Michelle's yeah. awesome. She's one of the, she, the very best people in racing, in my opinion. Yeah, but there's no question about it. What else you got, CC? All right. Th- uh, that's hour number one. Now, hour number two, we're going to talk a lot about UFOs and whether or, not, whether or not Jeff believes in them. And if the if the government is hiding UFOs uh, throughout the country, maybe have retrieved some alien spacecraft. Uh, so you want you want to stick around for that for sure because this is going to be interesting. I'm going to bed if that's the case, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm already up past my bedtime. But we got anything uh, else? Seriously, we got CC. I, I I can't think of anything else unless you want to you want to do some beard trivia. Oh yeah, we need to do some beard trivia. Yes, we're going to do that. You ready for some beard trivia, Jeff? Beard to close trivia. The show? Oh my beard, God. beard is in not beer, beard with a D, beard. In honor of your glorious beard, Jeff, we're going to ask you a little <laughs> beard trivia, okay? Let's go. You can start off CC, now I've got a couple I'll ask him. First of all, did, Jeff, do you like my morning jacket? I do. Jim James is actually a very nice guy. Um, he went to St. X, my high school, and um, also his brother has type 1 diabetes, which my sister also does. So he's very uh, heavily involved with JDRF, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And he's very generous with his time and um, donations as well. And uh, he's, he's a very, very good guy, very talented musician. I'm glad I've to seen, hear that because my daughter is diabetic, too, so I'm very glad to hear that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I've seen my morning jacket at least eight times, maybe nine. And, yeah, but he, Jim James and, and that crew was kind of on the front end of the beard phenomenon, I think. That's about <laughs> Uh, early 2000s, I think. But anyway, ZZ I, I've Top got... says what? Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> What'd you say? ZZ Top says, huh? Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But anyway, forget all that. All right, so uh, you're, who, who, had, who was the best beard? Blackbeard, Treebeard, or the Beard Course at Keeneland? <laughs> oh, which is the oh, best? Man. Well, I thought Blackbeard was a lock until the last one you threw in there. Right. Uh, I'm still going to go with Blackbeard for the intimidation factor. Se- second part of that question, how long is the beard course at Kima? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I no. I know. Can I try? Yeah, go for it. 
Seven furlongs, 184 feet. Is that right? Correct. That is wow. Correct. Nicely done. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. That's all I've got. Go ahead. All right, I got three for you. You ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so we, everybody knows about ZZ Top and the beards, right? They they got the beards. They're legendary mm-hmm. for the beards, correct? Before it was cool, yeah. Yeah, before it was cool. Um, <laughs> who's what's the name of the? There's two of them have the. Well, one guy's passed. Dusty Hill has passed. Uh, two of them had the beards. Only one oh, guy no. didn't have the beard. That's the drummer. What's his name? I don't know any of their names, so I'm not going to get this for sure. It's a trick question. Take a guess. What's uh, his top? What's his topic about? What's the? What would be the ironic last name for him? Beard hair. There, oh. Frank Beard. The guy with easy top with no beard <laughs> is Frank Beard. Uh, it's so I think he may be growing a beard out now a little bit in a little small one, but yeah, I, I that's the drummer. The drummer. If you go back and watch their videos and stuff, the drummer doesn't have a beard. His name is Frank Beard. That's All great. Right. And then of course if you want to go back over their seventies and eighties stuff, you've got a lot of good a lot of good work uh a lot of good music there. Uh do you watch basketball at all? I do watch basketball. I do, yeah. The Kentucky fan, Louisville fan, Indiana fan, Western Kentucky fan? Kentucky fan and Western Kentucky fan and also Xavier fan. Okay, cool. Yeah. So both Kentucky and Louisville here have had legendary players with the last name of Beard over the years. Uh, Kentucky had one in the 50s. Louisville had one in the 70s, I believe. Or maybe the 60s. Yeah, 70s. Both the last name Beard. Do you know their first names? No. I'm going to totally take a, a guess and go with John and Steve. That's those are good guesses, but at Kentucky it was Ralph Beard in the fifties. Okay. And it was Butch Beard in the seventies. I believe it's the seventies. Oh, 70s. I've heard of Butch Beard. I know yes. Butch Beard. Yeah. And last one, you may be too young for this because we discovered as we as we came on, folks, Jeff's only thirty three years old, so he's got a lot of living <laughs> left to do, and he probably never watched the greatest television sitcom ever in Cheers. Have you ever watched Cheers? Oh, I have not. Damn it. Well, I know CC. My, my parents love Cheers. Do you know any of the characters' names? No. Okay. They so had I'm a beard growing contest. this one then. No, but maybe CC. Well, they had a beard growing contest in an episode where all the guys. Oh, I got to watch that one at least. Grew beards. Okay. See so who come up with the best beard. Who won, CC? I'm going to go Cliff. You're Cliff exactly Clayton. right. Really? Exactly, yes. Okay. Who is one of the greatest sitcom characters in history as well, too, by the great John Ratzenberger. And actually, he <laughs> didn't win. He cheated. Everybody else with these fantastic beards, he couldn't. He drew some little gnarly, scraggly little thing everybody's making fun about. He went and glued a beard on, and he won the <laughs> contest. It was a fake beard or whatever. So it's been a trick question there. But uh, Inquiry, inquiry. Inquiry. So, Jeff, get on your local streaming devices and watch Cheers. It's the funniest show ever. I'll do okay? it. I'll check it out for sure. As long as I maybe know my rest dad will be happy. We'll, we'll watch it together. I'll watch it with my dad. And it's the years with Rebecca, with the, the late Christie Alley are probably better than the years with Shelley Long, but that's a debatable thing. But <laughs> So now you've taught us some things about racing. I've taught you about classic TV. We all win, that's right? right? That's right. That's right. All, all right. CeCe, so you, so you can wrap this up. Yeah, let's put a bow on this one. Uh, uh, Jeff, you're outstanding. Uh, you class this joint up a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. It was fun hanging well, out. We'll have you back. We'll have you Brand, back. Sure. Brandon, uh, Brandon, your your job is in jeopardy, so you might want to come back for the next pod. We do. That's 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 between you and the Lord. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, 
tie this one up uh, on behalf of Jeff Riggs, the bearded handicapper. His beautiful beard has graced us this evening. And, of course, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, wherever you are, and the cast of thousands and all of our friends in Ireland. This is CC brought us, reminding you, in the words of Jerry Romans, we're not happy unless you're not happy. Good night.